Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Entertainment Evolved. This is going to be an Evolved review. I have with me a very special guest returning to the podcast today. Welcome back, Stan. Stanos Douglas, what's going on? What's going on, my friend? How is everything going with you? Hey, man, it, it is going. We're rolling right along here with our Last of Us coverage. Uh, I do want to add, uh, just to everybody uh, you know who's uh, watching uh, this today, uh, normally, you know, I would have an item on the table back here behind me, but actually, uh, another show that we're going to be covering is starting to, uh, this week. And so we're actually going to be covering the Mandalorian season three when it comes out. And I'm going to be doing a review of that in the studio later on this week. So, uh, we will have an item from the shelves behind me to show off. I actually added a few over the weekend. Uh, Funko is very happy with me. They, they continuously <laughs> drain the money from my pocket. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing double duty here uh, on an Evolved Review for the next couple weeks. Uh, thanks, HBO and uh, Disney, for that overlap. <laughs> These are good problems to have. These are both amazing shows. So. Hey, man, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm having a blast watching them. We're going to have a blast reviewing them. Uh, so you were last on for, was it episode four? That we, we did? Mm, did we review three or four? I'm trying to remember. I feel like we reviewed three. Yeah, I mean, it was three, actually. Yeah, it was three. Mm -hmm. How can we forget that? So uh, how how you enjoying the show since then, man? Um, I've enjoyed it, man. Um, you know, um, in terms of the emotional, uh, emotional response, it wasn't quite the same uh, the last few episodes as it was from three. Um, a little bit more action. So, you know, I'm happy about that as well. Um, I kind of agree with some of the takes of the other guests that you had on uh, about episode, uh, I think it was episode four, you know, kind of seeming like it, they kind of dragged it out a little bit in terms of uh, it could have been one episode from episode four and five. Um, I, I would have to agree with that as well. Um, I'm not mad at it. You know, I mean, you're not always going to have perfect episodes. So, um, so I'm fine with it, but uh, it just didn't have that same impact. And then uh, the, Episode six, uh, you know, it kind of ramped things back up uh, from that standpoint of, you know, pulling on the heartstrings. Yeah, I would have to agree. I, I think four is by far the weakest episode, but it, it wasn't bad. I just right. I didn't love it the way that I love all the other episodes. And and I'll say this, if episode four, you know, at the end of this season, if that's the weakest episode, then this is a masterpiece season of television because absolutely it, it wasn't like it was bad. It just wasn't up to the same par as all the rest of this amazing series. It's almost like um, kind of like the situation MCU has going on right now where you come off of a end game and then it's like, all right, what are you doing after this? And it's, it's going to be very hard to measure up, you know? So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It, it's funny you bring that up because like uh, Ant-Man is kind of getting dragged in, all over the internet and, uh, <laughs> I think it's the best Ant-Man movie. I don't love it, you know what I mean? Um, but I actually went on uh, Superhero Homies and did a review on that with them. Uh, so anybody that wants to hear our thoughts on that, you know, check that out. But uh, I gave it like a 7 out of 10. I, yeah, I, same. You know, I thought it was better than the first two Ant-Man movies. The problem the is movie. the bar is just so high now. And they said there, uh, and unfortunately for MCU, is the bar is kind of dropping. If we if we're being honest, oh yeah, man, um, I, I think DC is gonna is gonna come after them if if they don't get it together. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm at the point now where 
if Guardians of the Galaxy 3 doesn't do it, I'm kind of done with the day one releases uh, for MCU in terms of me going. I'm almost every single MCU MCU movie that's come out always going day one. So on Thursdays and the last few times, I'm like, I could have waited to watch this. Yeah. So I think that Guardians, here's my prediction for Guardians 3. I think Guardians 3 is going to be a stellar movie. I think it's going to be a probably nine out of 10, right? But I, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to do anything for the MCU at large. I, I think no, I don't that, think so yeah, I think James Gunn wants to very neatly kind of wrap their story up, the Guardians, and then he's gone. So it's like even if it's a stellar movie, it's like okay, you proved that you're one person you you've got that can still knock it out of the park. Just went to go work for the competition, and he's in yeah, charge. It says a lot about what's going on between the Marvel and DC, uh, you know, the DC uh, entertainment universe. So we will see, man. Well, let's talk about a property that's doing well. Let's let's get back on. A, <laughs> let's get back on Last of Us, man. So I never played the Left Behind DLC. So this was all like new for me. I mean, I know that Riley's not going to make it, right? Uh, clearly, uh, but the way that this show did things, I, I want to jump right into this. The fact that this is like considered a, you know, zombie show, but we have so few, there's, there's so few zombies in it, you Mm -hmm. know, the whole, uh, episode I was sitting there wondering, I was like, how are they going to handle the scene where this like zombie comes out? Cause we know there's a cordyceps zombie in there. We know that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get attacked and, and and at least one of them is going to get bitten. Uh, uh, you probably knew both of them were going to get bitten. Uh, so we've got that set up and I'm like, how are they going to handle this? And I thought it was done very well. It was not the typical kind of walking dead thing where there's just something going on. All of a sudden there's a zombie, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause that's been done to death. And I think the, the fact that they're so like, just, you know, careful in their use of the, the zombies in the show uh, and they they keep it so minimal that when they they do use them, they're used to great effect, and they, it it always works. You know, they always pull it off. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And when they actually panned to where the uh, the zombie or the infected uh, was at, it was kind of a chilling reveal, just because of the way that he was attached to the wall, and you see, um, you know, you see all the vines and everything going across the wall. So just like, all right, this guy's been here for a while, and you know, he's he's woken up because nobody's been coming in this mall and, you know, it's time to look for who was making the noise. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a, a great reveal and kind of like a good way to keep you on your toes like the whole rest of the time because we're so used to all these other, you know, zombie type shows. So it's like the whole rest of the time they're in the mall enjoying it. You're constantly on the lookout for when is this thing going to show up? When is it going to pop out? Uh, and, and I thought that the way that they, they played it all the way through to the end was really smart. Um, I've kind of said this week after week, but like, there's, there's gotta be nobody left on that train that's, (laughs) that's hating on Bella Ramsey at this point. Right. So I'm going to say something about that. Um, I remember we had a conversation previously about Bella Ramsey um, as Ellie and how people kind of didn't really get the feel of Ellie from her. Um, and I could kind of understand what they were saying. I thought she was doing a great job. This is the first episode where I actually felt 
like I was watching Ellie. Yeah. And not watching Bella, which is not a bad thing for Bella Park because she's amazing. And she's been doing a great portrayal of Ellie. But I actually felt like I was watching Ellie in live action on this episode. Uh, and I mean, that instantly stood out to me and, and it, it made me fall in love with this episode instantly. I, I will say that, like, if I had not been familiar with her work previous to this, then I may have felt differently about her portrayal. But, like, I, I had stronger feelings about Bella Ramsey than I did about Ellie, you know, coming into this. But mm-hmm. I will say that, like, in the last episode, when her and Joel have the fight, you know, um, and she drops that that crucial, like, I'm not her line, that to me was, like, the point where I was like, she's absolutely just nailing this. But then this week, I think, you know, she's the star of the show this week, and I just think that she knocked it out of the park. Um, what's the other actress? Uh, Storm, uh, Storm Reed. Storm Reed is Storm Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've seen her in a couple other things, but usually she's in more like minor roles. And I've always loved her too. So when I saw that she was playing Riley, I was like, she's also going to knock it out of the park. And she absolutely did. Oh my gosh, these two on on camera together the whole episode. They stole the show, man. It really did. Like yeah. I was actually not even, you know, pressed about them panning back to Joel, even though you know obviously they were going to do that because they kind of had to. You know, still show what was currently going on in the world uh, based off of the events of last episode. But the episode was so good that, you know, you didn't really you kind of almost forget about it a little bit. It's like that same effect uh, episode three have uh, when you first get into it. You're like, all right, how long is this flashback going to last? But then you realize, like, this is a, a story in itself. And this very well so much of a story that it was actually a DLC in the game. Um, I didn't know they were going to do this. Um, I don't, I don't know why I, I you know, I've kind of seen the look ahead for the season and I must've missed something, but I didn't know that they were going to do this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I knew the DLC existed. I never played it. So I didn't really know. I, I knew it was Ellie centric, but I didn't really know that this was the story that it contained. Um, you know, I, I think that this is another instance of this, this like story was always going to be better in this format, in this long-form, like, premium television format. Uh, I think that this story, like, I don't know, like like I said, I haven't played the DLC, but I know that if I was just running around in the game kind of doing the this stuff with the two of them, that probably would have bored me in a video game. Um, I would not have been entertained uh, I actually typically really hate that kind of stuff. There, there's a section in God of War in the second one, or the most recent one, rather, because it's technically like five or six. Right. But uh, in, in in Ragnarok, uh, where you're kind of running around as as Atreus, uh, spoilers, and uh, you you know like that whole segment, you're kind of just running around and and having the story told to you for the most part. And I hated that section of that game. And I feel like this DLC would have been the same for me, but seeing these two actors on screen playing it out and and really just getting all those like emotions from each one of them, that the, just these little intricate details of their character, I loved it. I was glued to the screen the whole time. Absolutely, absolutely. And you and you made a really good comparison to the God of War because it was pretty similar to that as far as the DLC, uh, the standalone DLC for um, for Left Behind, uh, which I also really enjoyed the fact that they named the episode Left Behind. It was kind of like an aha moment 
I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm not really paying attention to the episode names as much as the actual show and the scene. So um, yeah, that 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 made me really happy. So there, there's a few things in this episode at the very beginning um that caught my eye. And this is what made me kind of, you know what, I'm gonna take some notes on this episode because they, they seem to be putting a lot of uh, a lot of care in this. When we did episode three review, we talked about when they went into the store and um and they uh they you know they had like the old the old arcade machine and i want to say the arcade machine in that episode was uh mortal kombat 2 yeah it's the same same one i noticed it in this episode as well like i was like oh it's the same game right so here's the thing that i didn't notice on that episode and it happened so fast i wasn't realizing that she was referencing this scene in this episode um, and, and that when she was like her friend um, knows so much about the game and, you know, detailing the fatality because it's her first time seeing the fatality. So her telling Joel all of this, she's really recapping what we watched this week. Uh, so the fact that they, you know, tied those two things together. I mean, it's a small detail, but I, I really appreciated that. So uh, on that note, another small detail that they that they threw in there and. This one is much more heartbreaking. So at the end of this episode, uh, and we're skipping around a little bit, so bear with us. Uh, at the end of this episode, we get uh, you know this scene where you know Ellie and Riley are just sitting there, and they're like, mm-hmm. "We're gonna wait to turn," and that's it. And and it goes black, and we never we never get back to them. Um, they decide that they're just gonna both turn together, and whatever happens happens, which is a pretty fucking wild thing to decide. Uh, I probably would have gone with the bullet myself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But they never go back to it. And I thought that that was brilliant because we know that Ellie is not going to turn. And so in episode four, when she shoots the guy, right? When the guy is like on top of Joel and she shoots him in the back. And in the aftermath of that, she says, it's not my first time. Meaning that Riley was the first time she had to shoot someone. And that was just such a, like, that realization, and uh, it it is just heart-wrenching. And they didn't have to show it to us for us to know that that's what happened. And I thought that that was a a brilliant decision by the show. I agree. And uh, before, you know, I know we're going to kind of start from the beginning of uh, the events of the episode, but one thing in terms of that scene uh, where she finds out, we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, leading up to this, you kind of still see the innocence in Ellie and you don't really get to see the, like the Ellie we see today where she's a little bit more hardened and a little bit more, uh, not so sensitive to what's going on in the the events of the world uh, because she's, you know, she's seen a little bit uh, up to this point, but, at that point of the show, the be- you know the beginning of the episode, and you know for the most part throughout the episode, she seems like a young girl. Like you know, she's just happy and you know uh, kind of naive a little bit. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I definitely appreciated the fact. And Bella, I mean, she's freaking killing it because she's been playing this role in the show as Ellie, as current day Ellie, for her to switch how she's portraying Ellie in this episode. I mean, that's, it just speaks to how amazing of an actress she is. 
Yeah, I have to agree with that. I really liked seeing her at this stage. Like, we get all these details, like, oh, you know, she's in a Fedra school, so, like, she's trying to ultimately, like, get a job with Fedra. Uh, they're trying to make her an officer because they, they, they realize the potential in her and that she's very smart. Um, you know, and, and just kind of seeing her, you know, she's not 100% bought into the Fedra stuff. Right. But there was a couple of moments where, you know, Riley was talking about the fireflies and she was like, well, that's bullshit. And then, yeah. you know, the, they would go back and forth with that, though. Like Ellie would say some like Fedra propaganda and Riley would call her out on it. It's like neither one of these people are, you know, there, there's no saints on either side of this. Right. But obviously, like, you know, we've seen what happens. Like sometimes Fedra is the ones holding things together. I mean, they're like, oh, we've taken out Fedra in other places, and immediately our brain goes to, uh, yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, that worked out well for everyone there, you know. So there was a just the, there's a lot of layers uh, to the kind of banter back and forth between them, where they're telling us a lot about the world that we didn't get to see because we leave the QZ at the end of episode one. Yeah, yeah, man, um, guys, I, I'm just, I'm just still so. Going to the beginning, where we're talking about the school, uh, where she's at the uh, Fed, the Fedra school. There was a scene, <laughs> you know, you, you start off and you're seeing her. Uh, they're doing like the laps in the gym. <sighs> There's a scene uh, where the the girl takes off her Walkman. I don't know why, but it triggered something in my mind of uh, the girl who did it being Abby. I don't know why I thought this. That was the first place my mind went. And I was like, please don't let this be. Because I, I don't know why, how they're going to transition that throughout the rest of the show, which it wasn't. The girl's name was Bethany. So thank, you know, thankful for that. But uh, that scene was cool. You know, she, uh, she, you know, she's basically like, Riley's not here to protect you. And she's like, I don't need her protection. Socks are right in the face. And she winds up in the office uh, with the officer. It was very interesting because, um, you know, the last last episode uh, for for six, you know, um, I had Lauren on, and and she has no basis on the games whatsoever. Like she does never played them, so she's mm -hmm. going in completely blind on this. And I was like, I don't want to spoil anything. I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, there's no way they're actually going to kill Joel right here. I was like, they could. I mean, the show is has shown us that they are willing to make significant departures from the game. But I don't think that they would rob themselves of the way that this is going to go at the end, which we're not going to talk about now. But, you know, that being said, like, last episode was, like, the worst episode for me to have someone on who hasn't played the second game because the last episode had so many, like, little tie-ins and nods to part two that we Absolutely. wouldn't, you know, we don't get in the first game. Um, whereas this one, you know, they, they really, I, I think, just focused in – on this, on Ellie's backstory, and I thought that was great because previously I would have said that Ellie seems a little too hardened in the early episodes of the show. It's like I think I mentioned this on one of the previous reviews, where like when she shoots the guy, her reaction seems a lot more like the Ellie we would get at the end of season one, and not the Ellie at this point in time. But this mm -hmm. episode, I think, really fills that in and like shows you like why she was not phased by killing the guy uh, because like if you've had to shoot your best friend in the world then uh, killing a stranger probably is not going to be a, that big of a deal to you 
Yeah, um, I, I agree, man. And, you know, once we get to that part, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, what, what happens towards the end of the episode. But, um, yeah, man, I... <laughs> Ellie, she like I said, she's just she's just showcasing her being a, a young girl, um, you know, as uh, you know, even with the fighting, like how she reacted to the girl taking off the Walkman and approaching her, uh, you know, she just a little bit more emotional, a little bit more erratic in her behavior, um, you know. She she sell like I said, she's selling it as, you know, the I don't know how old she's supposed to be uh, at that point in time, but. Uh, whatever it is, I mean, she's definitely selling it. You know, she, now she still seems young in current day, but you could tell she's been through a little bit. So she seems a little bit older, maybe like high school uh, versus in there, probably like early middle school. Uh, that's what it seemed like. Maybe, yeah, I'll probably say early middle school, uh, not so much late elementary, probably like sixth, seventh grade, something like that. I mean, not to mention, too, a Waltman's got to be worth a lot in this world. You can't just go to Radio Shack and get another one. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that in our world either, but for different reasons. Because uh, <laughs> the, the Walkman, you know, uh, was replaced by the smartphone, and, and so was Radio Shack, kind of. But, uh, right. you know, in their world, I, Walkman's got to be worth a lot. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like Star-Lord's Walkman. He can't just go get another one. This is like, you know, so somebody snatching those headphones off and risking breaking your Walkman is kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, you know, and the other thing too is like she's got to have like whatever tapes or whatever that she can get. So that kind of explains to like some of her like kind of broad like music knowledge that she's got in the other episodes as well because she's always got that Walkman on. And that so there was a there was another little small um, small I guess Easter egg that they put in the show. So they get in the you know when they get this is like when they first get to the mall. She turns on the lights and um, and uh, the take uh, take on me song starts playing. Yeah. Um, when when she initially broke, so you know when they uh, introduced Riley into the episode, uh, she breaks into the room. This is shortly after uh, Ellie is escorted to the office for hitting the girl in the gym. Um, uh, Riley breaks in the room, acting like she's attacking her. Uh, so when uh, you know, and this is kind of leading up to their relationship throughout the episode, how it, it progressively builds. But in the beginning, uh, she's like, oh, I need to change. Can you turn around? So she turns around and she's looking down and you actually see the tape on the uh, on the table. So I thought that was cool that they had the tape on the table and then they actually played the song when they got in the mall. The the detail in the set design on this show is, is unrivaled, man. I, I really yeah. think... They do a, such a good job with like all these little tie-ins, all these little Easter eggs they put in. Um, Riley breaking into the room, man, that, that's a hell of a prank to pull on someone, especially <laughs> if they think you're dead. Yeah, yeah, you think they're dead. And then, I mean, just look at the times that they're in. I mean, you that's not a chance you can take that somebody is breaking in and they're, you know, they're trying to kill you. So, yeah, you're going to grab your knife or your gun or whatever else you can to protect yourself. Uh, especially at nighttime, man. Especially uh, nighttime, and given the events that happened earlier that day, she already on edge. Yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah, not to mention, you know, you joined the Fireflies. If they catch you, they're gonna kill you after you get tortured for info. <laughs> not, not gonna be a great time. Yeah. Um, 
I also would not have gone, I mean, because I'm not a child, but I also wouldn't have gone jumping across the rooftops in this day and, day and age either. Because if you, like, fall and break your leg, it's not like there's just a hospital nearby with, like, morphine and, like, the, the tools to reset that. I mean, Fedra's got a hospital here, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to want to go through any of that. But that kind of, you know, it, 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 and the cool thing about that is, and that's why I just really appreciate how they were portraying her as being like this very much younger version of herself. Younger kids are brave, man. They're not afraid oh, to get yeah. hurt. They, I mean, they jump off stuff all the time and sometimes they do get hurt. But in their heads, they're like, I'm unbreakable. I am indestructible. I'm going to jump from this couch to this couch. I'm going to jump off this counter. So they're doing that and, you know, they're just, living in bliss with each other they're happy to be re reunited and you know just fearless so i want to talk about when they get to the mall and the dude falls through the floor that was hilarious <laughs> like the way that they animated that like where he just falls through like it was just the the funniest thing the way that they did it like i busted out laughing as soon as he fell through the floor they did a really good job with the the visual effect on that Agreed, agreed. And I I wasn't actually sure how like what to expect from that part, but you know, after you fail, you know, it's kind of over. And even then they like they're looking at it the same way, like like, oh my goodness, like I can't believe that just happened. Although the first thing I thought, you know, like they found out like he was mixing the pills and the alcohol or whatever, and that's probably what got him is like I you know, they start like drinking out of the bottle. I'm like, what if he dissolved the pills in the bottle? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't that, think about that. I that, didn't that, they, didn't, that. they didn't either. They didn't give a shit. They were like, yeah, okay, no, they were. <laughs> here we go. They they definitely, uh, they were living on the wild side this episode. So, yeah, that's just another moment. Well, the other thing I was thinking of, you know, you, so, you know, until they revealed that there was pills on the ground, they showed the bottle and they showed him, uh, like leaning up against the wall dead. And there was like some type of substance around his mouth. Um, I was actually thinking that maybe he had gotten infected and I was concerned of them drinking out of the bottle for that reason uh, that, you know, obviously this stuff travels and I mean, I don't know if it's able to live in alcohol or not. So at least on the surface of the bottle. Um, so that's what I was kind of worried about. But then when I, once I seen the pills, I was like, okay, so he probably threw up or whatever the case. And that's what was on his mouth. And they didn't care one way or another. <laughs> yeah. I thought he might've been infected too, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just that he had, like, uh, overdosed or whatever and, and threw up and, like, died and just been sitting in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that scene was hilarious. I really love the scene where she has, you know, has Ellie go into the mall and, like, cuts on the lights and everything. And, you know, it's just this old abandoned mall, but, like, Bella's acting skills come in here, and she's just over the moon at this at the site of this mall and all this different stuff because – She's probably never seen any any of this stuff. Mm -mm. Never seen any of that stuff. So you have just the fact that it's a mall in itself. It's like this is a mall in for what we could tell a rather functioning mall. Um, you know, the, the apocalypse hadn't gotten too too much to it yet. You know, you had the looters and stuff, but she's seeing all the lights and how colorful everything is, and just the grand scope of it, it doesn't look like that on the outside. So. You're seeing this, and this is like a remnant of the old world, almost kind of like, you know, she can almost put herself in that situation. Like, I could see why you guys enjoyed this back in the day. This is amazing. Like, look at it. The stairs move. Like, her, her fascination with the escalator, it's like she's doing all the stuff that, like, you wanted to do as a kid, 
the first time you saw an escalator, but like weren't allowed to, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I I loved it. You know, it, I I thought that that was just perfect because it was like this is exactly how a kid wants to react when they you know see an escalator for the first time but for most of us that was you know in public at a mall that was open yeah yeah and then so that actually leads into the next scene um where it's this tug of war that they're playing with each other of kind of feeling each other or even though they're friends you know you had the scene where she asked her to turn around with the clothes now you have this scene where they're walking from the escalator and one of the first stores they see is the Victoria's Secret. And uh, and Riley makes a comment about, um, like, she starts laughing, like, what is going on? He's like, oh, I'm imagining you wearing this. And, you know, this is not something you would normally say to a friend. So, right. you, like I say, it's, you can kind of start to see the, 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 you know, the pulling back and forth of, I'm going to throw a little bait out there to see how you react to this. And, you know, basically, they have these feelings for each other, but they don't necessarily know how to express them to each other. So they're kind of doing the little small things here and there. Yeah. I, I, I really can't wait. And I'm sure this is already probably out on the internet. I've just thankfully been busy and not had to see it. I'm sure that there are people out there calling this show woke again and whatnot. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, Ellie's a lesbian. That's kind of the whole, like that's, that's that's been part of the character from jump so you know if if you're mad now just wait until season two <laughs> and i mean again this is all in the game so it's not right. like they're just doing it for tv like trying to push an agenda or anything this is literally from what the game is these are these are the characters so you know i mean got to get that stuff out of your head man i mean it's a it, it's amazing just enjoy it for the amazing act acting that they're doing and I'm going to tell you, anybody who, you know, got pissed off about that, they probably stopped watching episode three anyway. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> Clearly the show does not need you. It's doing very well. So Right, right. I and, agree. I agree. The, um, those I mean, viewer just, numbers, man, they, just, they're astonishing every week. They really are, man. And um, so let's see what we have. Uh, Victoria's Secret. Oh, the other thing, um, there was a, a, a small scene might have been right before that or right after that. They were around that uh, that vicinity. Uh, the, uh, I think it was like a footlocker or something. And she was explaining, uh, Raleigh's explaining to Ellie um, at the time when it was announced what was going on, people were breaking in stores and looting and taking things that they need and want. And in her head, she's like, why would they want any of this stuff? Because it's not helpful for what they're going through now. Like, you know, what are you going to do with some Jordans or, you know, what are you going to do with a headband, you know? But at the t in our world, in in Riley's previous world, these are things that matter to people. You know, I mean, you have people lining up for shoes every week, you know? And um, so her kind of explaining that, I, I do like how they kind of go back to explaining to Ellie, who really just grown up in this, to understand how the world was before that. Yeah, I really like that discussion as well. And they kind of talked about like, oh, some of these stores, you know, they weren't completely cleared out, but like people just looted the things they really wanted first. And then exactly. it kind of just went from there. So, um, yeah, because uh, there was like a soap store and she's like, okay, so the soap, I mean, there's a bunch of soap in here, but y'all took shoes and <laughs> socks. And, yeah. And, you know, saying head, you know, basketballs and stuff. So it's like, but yeah. 
soap being the commodity there, probably. You know, a hot shower doesn't seem like it's something that's that's very common. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, somebody was to loot today, it's not many people probably breaking in soap stores out of all the stores that's inside of a mall. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, uh, going back to, like, their relationship, too, like, you know, Riley clearly not only took a huge risk to have this night with Ellie, but, like, the, the amount of depth that she went into to planning all of this, it's just, like, that's also not something you would typically do for a friend. Not saying it's impossible, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to tell you right now, I never went through even half the amount of trouble that she was going through to plan a night for a friend, I just have had just haven't done it. Like it's just, you know, it was it was it was very intricate with a lot of like different things that she knew were like catered specifically to uh, stuff that Ellie was gonna love. And then if you even think about the fact that first of all they're in a mall during this, so you know you don't know how many infectors in the mall. She had to go by herself to set all this up, so. I mean, that just took a lot of guts in itself to do that. So you already take the amount of time and effort to set up these things that you know is going to impress Ellie. But you did this all on your own as well. You know, that's, I mean, it's definitely something to be commended. And it just shows how much she actually cares about Ellie. I will say, though, uh, whoever's running the power grid, they had to have noticed, like, a big spike when this when they she turns the damn mall on. I was just like, yeah, somebody's going to show up eventually, but, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, I was wondering that too because Riley did make a mention about oh they won't be because uh, Ellie was like wait what about the lights and like oh they won't be able to see it from the outside from the you know the rooftops or whatever they have whatever covering on them but uh, yeah to your point I mean if you're managing that you're gonna notice that I mean that's a lot of energy that's being generated in them all. Yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah, it's 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 a lot it is definitely drawing on the power grid so somebody definitely saw something going around but you know yeah. wh- whoever they got monitoring that it's probably like a you know it's it's a federal employee that is used to just sitting there watching a, a bunch of dials and stuff move so yeah you know so so what do we got so we have so we have the victoria okay so i think the next part uh they get to the merry-go-round yep and uh we have a long scene kind of on the merry-go-round and she's She's absolutely fascinated by it. It kind of breaks down when they're, you know, when they're trying to uh, to use it or whatever. But, you know, when she's even trying to pull Ellie to, like, the next thing, she's like, I'm riding on a magical horse in the middle of the mall. Like, what else are we going to do? Uh, you know, she, at this point, Ellie's not even, you know, you can tell it's maybe bothering her a little bit, but she's not really thinking, like, okay, this is my best friend, like, you know, they've, they've joined the Fireflies. Uh, we're not going to be able to hang out anymore. Like, she's just really, at this point, just taking it all in still. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and then from the romantic standpoint, you know, you, they, they kind of get a moment where they can, like, they're kind of looking at each other a certain way. And, and it's just like, you know, it's almost like that, that moment of when you're dating someone, that moment where you're, like, getting close to telling them that you love them. It's, that's kind of where they're at at this point. Like they're that's what's in both of their heads. They don't uh, quite know how to express it yet, but they're getting there. They're warming up to each other a little bit more. They're kind of looking at each other a little bit longer, without looking away from the other person. And uh, I don't want them to think, you know, this or whatever. Yeah, you definitely could feel that there's like a tension there. 
and we kind of find out around this era, you know, around this time in the in the episode too, that there are things on both of their minds uh, that you know are starting to kind of wear on them. That like they're they're starting to realize that hey, you know, things are about to change and not for the better. Um, you know, Riley's kind of holding on to the the whole idea that she's going to be shipped out because now she's, you know, she's into Fireflies and they're going to be shipping her off to a different post. So she's not even going to be here. Um, and, you know, she tried to see if like Ellie could join up too and go with her, but Marlene shot it down, um, you know, and, and that reveal, uh, Ellie just, uh, you know, it, she just kind of crashes and burns at that reveal. That was a that was a rough that was a rough moment because it's like, wait, you mean all this amazing time that we've had together? First of all, you just came back after me thinking that you were dead, for you to now tell me that you are leaving for good. So I mean, you might as well just stayed away. You might as well have stayed dead in my in my head because now I've warmed back up to you and now you're leaving again for good, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely a lot for her to take on, especially given how much of an amazing experience that they're having together in this mall and how much their feelings are quickly ramping up, you know, as this time is going on because they realize how much they care about each other, uh, especially after all that amount of time that uh, Riley was gone. Right. And, and you know, this kind of all boils over to, you know, when Ellie finds the grenades, um, you know, and at that point she's just like, I mean, you're going to use these to kill Fedra people? Because, like, that's what I am. And it's just like, oh, well, these never get used anywhere near you. And it's like, you're, a, like, a grunt in their organization, you know? Yeah. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to stop them if they, if they try. You know, I could be killed by one of these today, you know? It, uh, and, and she was rightfully upset. Absolutely. And she was right in what she was saying because, realistically, even if Riles was, oh, well, not her, they, they'll kill both of you. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the Fireflies or, or any of these groups that, like, are really, like, rebelling against Fedra that we've seen in the show, usually they're either just as bad or even worse. Um, because that's just the, like, the point that the society has devolved into. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's crazy because, Ellie picked up on that, even though Riley is the one that actually joined them. She kind of seems a little bit more gullible to what uh, Marlene and, and whoever else that she's interacting with is telling her about what the Fireflies stand on. Um, and Ellie is kind of like, mm, I think you're, you're buying a little bit into what they're saying a little bit too much. I, I think you give them a little bit more credit than, than they need. You know, like they're just as bad as anyone else. So yeah, that, I mean that really comes full circle in that scene uh, when she when she tells her that she's leaving and you know she's like come with me and all this stuff. And you know that's the interesting comparison is it's like, you know, you have Riley who the Fedra basically told her like you're not going to be anything. We're putting you on sewage detail. That's what you're worth to us. And then it's like, okay, uh, so obviously when she goes to Marlene and Marlene starts filling her head with like, oh, you could be this with us. And, you know, you could do that. You're going to do all these great things. She wants to believe that. But, right. but with Ellie, it's the opposite because like Fedra's like, oh, we're, you know, if you, you know, do everything correctly, we'll make you an officer. You can sleep in a warm bed. You can take a hot shower. You can live this life that is a luxury uh, in comparison to, you know, most people in, in this day and age, you know, a Fedra officer is going to live, 
other than like a firefly trying to kill you, you know, you're pretty good in you know, yeah. as far as as far as what's possible in this day and age that they're right. living in. So it, it's it's very interesting to see like the way that the propaganda affects both of them differently based on their kind of like preconceived bias towards Fedra. Yeah, yeah. Um, side note: In this same scene, uh, them getting into whatever this room is, like some type of uh, warehouse room or whatever in the mall. Um, another cool thing that I thought, and this is kind of like a me putting on the video game uh, hat and lens. Um, they find the the uh, pun book, and they start kind of like reading off puns and stuff to each other. The reason I thought this was cool, one, obviously, uh, they were going back to the pun book where uh, Ellie and Joel were uh, going over, I think, at the end of episode four. Um, But then also, when you think about these types of video games, they do the whole collectibles thing. And when you find these collectibles, sometimes there'll be some dialogue around that. Uh, they'll have some type of interact, like a little quick uh, interaction. So it kind of was like them putting that in live action of them uh, finding a collectible. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really uh, kind of got that nod, you know, as well. to just like video games in general. Like, oh, hey, they, they found a thing that, you know, <laughs> like a little trophy or something might pop Exactly. Up. And because, I mean, she, you know, she's going through saying that, you know, it's these, well, now five wonders once she included the uh, escalator, but these different four main points of the mall that she wanted to show her that. And uh, I don't think that this was one of them. I could be wrong, though. That might have been one of them. Um, but because uh, another one I think we kind of missed right before this was the photo booth um, in there yeah. uh, there and they're taking the pictures together and stuff. Yeah, where like the toner had gone bad, and so you didn't really get you know a lot of the photos weren't very well developed. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. we did skip over that. So it was the uh, the escalator was the the secret fifth one because she didn't even think about her being super impressed by that. So yeah. we had the merry-go-round, we had the photo booth, uh, the the like horror shop at the end. So which one am I missing? Let's see, merry-go-round, escalator, photo booth. Uh, the one we haven't gotten to yet. Um, oh no, this wasn't one. I, I remember what the last two were. So this is going to get into uh, to what we were kind of talking about the uh, earlier part of the episode, the arcade. Oh um, right, the arcade was the last one. Yeah, because it's the arcade, and then they go to the the horror shop at the end. That's that, the last that one. was the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you get in the arcade. And this is kind of another moment of like when she first walks into the mall, she sees all these, you know, the lights and all the stores and everything lit up. Um, she gets in this arcade and it's like, oh, wow, like all this stuff like works like you got the Mortal Kombat game in here. You got the I think they had like Daytona uh, or Cruising USA or something like that. So she's like making like car racing sounds and stuff. So she's just like enamored. And Riley's like, I've already rigged this machine over here so we can actually play this stuff, you know, Um so, you know, so that was cool because at first, you know, obviously Ellie is trying to make it work and it's like, oh, I don't have any money. And then you see all these dollar bills laying on the ground and it's like, oh, not that money. That that's not going to work in this machine. And then she pulls it out saying that, I, you know, I spent an hour, uh, you know, when I was preparing for this uh, rigging this machine, which is another uh, just went to show Ellie how much effort she put into this. The fact that she went to this mall before to even try to make sure that they had the coins in there and fix the machine to be able to grab them coins whenever they needed it. So that was, I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, seeing the arcade was awesome. It was just like, yeah, I don't know why you would ever leave here. Uh, especially, you know, just think about if you could go to an arcade, like, and you never played a video game before, like, just how, you know, incredible of an experience that would be. And it, it was even more, too, because, like, you know, I, I went to arcades in, like, 2003. And, like, right. yeah, all of that shit was in there. <laughs> you know, it was exactly. like, this was exactly what would have been an arcade in 2003. Yeah, and then I mean the and then so and then even with the whole Mortal Kombat thing, they play you know they play the first match. Raleigh beats her, and then they kind of stay there for a while. They're like, all right, we're going to throw it again. Yeah, and they just running up coins. She's teaching her uh, finishing moves, and she's just like blown away about this experience. She's kind of telling her about the characters in the game, and you know just the premise of the game and stuff. So you know, Ellie's just taking all this information in, as well as just enjoying the moment of being there with Riley. Yeah. So um, then we get to the last, uh, the last wonder, where uh, you up until this point, you forget that there's a danger amiss. Um, you know, this they're having all this fun, they're seeing all these different things, and then reality kind of sets back in that this is the Last of Us. They get to the haunted house, and um, this is where our our friend comes out of the room where he was at well they have to they have to fight first and and ellie leaves that's right that's right okay so this is this was the moment where she actually told her that she was leaving for good yeah so they have the fight ellie leaves and then she sets off the you know little screaming ghost thing and ellie runs back in thinking that riley's being attacked and honestly, like, I didn't, I never at any point forgot about, like, the danger, right? Like, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, like, the tension was just building the whole episode because I'm thinking, like, okay, this thing is going to jump out at any point. When's it going to happen? And then you, right. she leaves and you start hearing the screams and you're like, oh, she's being attacked. And then she finds her in there and, of course, it's a little horror shop. And they start messing around with all the little, you know, masks and things and they're, like, dancing on the counter. And this is where we get. The, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yes, this I, I did forget about that too. part. Yeah, uh, Ellie kisses her, and uh, her reaction to that, like the whole way that they played that scene, was incredible. I thought. Yeah, because I mean, this is you know they get to the last uh, wonder of the mall, and then all every wonder there was like they were getting closer and closer to kind of really showing how they felt about each other. So this moment, you know, obviously her. Her, her reaction to her telling her that she's leaving and her Ellie completely leaving them all. Um, like I said, I forgot briefly about that until you just brought that back up. And then her coming back and just like, all right, even though I'm pissed off at her, hearing those screams triggered something in me that made me realize how much I actually care about uh, Riley. So she runs back and she's ready to face whatever it is. And, you know, when she realizes that it's not screaming, they have their, you know, good time and stuff. But then... The uh, the Mister Infected finally does come out, and yeah. uh, but I think he like knocks out Riley first. Uh, and Riley actually has a gun, so that's that's rough because you need kind of need that. You know, she starts shooting at him, and you know she's like hitting him in the leg and stuff. You know, they're probably not well uh, equipped with how to deal deal with these. You know, now they're thinking to shoot him in the head, they're just panicking and just shooting at this point just to get him down. Uh, and it's not working. <laughs> um, he keeps getting back up and knocks knocks it down. So then he starts attacking Ellie. Um, 
Ellie pulls out her knife. She's like stabbing him in the stomach. And, you know, he's not going down. No matter what they're doing, they're throwing everything at him. Um, you know, Raleigh jumps back up. She intervenes again. So in the midst of this, you, you know, you kind of wondering, like, if somebody's going to get bit or somebody, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and then they, they finally get him to a place where Ellie is able to stab him in the head. And Ellie's like, oh, yes, you know, we, we got him. We got him down. And Raleigh's, like, looking down at her arm, like, we we messed up. And, you know, that's when you start seeing her, like, it starts bleeding. She starts wiping it away. It continues to bleed. So it's not blood from the, the infected. It's blood from her. Like, she's like, oh, you know, Ellie has, like, this meltdown of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. My life is completely over. Like, it happened so fast. And, and then Riley reveals that she's also bit. Um, and now, and then and it goes back to what you were saying at the earlier part of the episode of them kind of sitting down. And they're trying to, they're kind of taking it in. They're trying to figure out what does this mean for, what does this mean in general? What does this mean for us? How do, you know, how do, what's the next step? And I mean, what what would you do in that situation if you was to get bit by a zombie or infected? You know, if you're putting yourself in their shoes, I mean, what would be your next step other than eating the gun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of idea that like, okay, we're just going to kind of ride this out. I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know if I would entertain that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 made the decision. Like, they were just going to stick it out together. Um, and... We, we we never really see what happens, but we know what happens. And I thought that right. that was just such a, a great way for them to play this because while this show is often like very gory and visceral, they never do it just to do it. Uh, and the way that they played it here I thought was really, really smart because it's like if you're paying attention to the show, you know exactly what went down after they kind of faded to black. Right. And then they they bring us back to the present. And we see Ellie is thinking about all this and she's like, I already came across one person who was incredibly important to me and I lost him. And she's like, I'm not going to lose this one. And she Mm -hmm. goes and she does whatever she has to do to take care of Joel. Uh, Whatever Pedro Pascal got paid for this episode, amazing job on his part because all he had to do was lay there. Uh, And I'll be honest, man, like, uh, He's probably wishing he passed out from the blood loss about now because uh, that that there's no telling what's on that needle, and uh, Ellie's probably never done this before. No, and it every <laughs> it, I mean it looked like he felt every bit of that sewing needle going through, and you know he's just clenching, and he's just like just just get it over with. Like, if, if you're gonna do this, just do it. And it, it's it's rough, man. You hearing him, you seeing him squirming and everything as she and they actually showing it going through is. It's rough. It's rough to watch. I'm very cringe uh, to stuff like that anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It that's that's tough. I don't think we talked about. Um, I think at the very beginning of the episode, before they flies back, where he's actually telling her to to leave him, like yeah. to let him let him die and stuff. Um, but then showing the flashback, it was genius the way that they put that small part in the beginning, because getting to where we at now at the end where she's saving them. Now you understand that after everything that she's been through, there's no way she was going to leave him behind. Like she was going to try to save him no matter what Joel had to say, you know, she's even, you know, the point where she told him to shut the fuck up, you know, as you know, 
it, you, you felt it. You felt it. You understood why. I mean, look at what, what she's been through. So, And and it even kind of called back to the uh, Bill and Frank scene where Bill gets shot. And he's trying to tell Frank, you know, like, I'm done. Like, call Joel. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not savable. And, of course, like, Frank doesn't leave his side. And so, like, just this, you know, is it, it kind of references back to that, uh, you know, where we see, like, they have this really deep bond with one another, and there's no way that she's going to leave him. Even if it's what may be best for her, like, survival, like, right. she doesn't want that. Like, like it's not worth it to her to just to survive if, if he's going to die here and she's going to be alone. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, she had been alone so much after Raleigh passing up until finding Joel. And, you know, this is like the first real person she was able to build a connection with. And they have been building a connection slowly, uh, at, you know, throughout their journey in these last few episodes. So, yeah, no, you definitely felt that uh, it, it was cool to see. And, you know, heard, you know, even finding the, the needle, which was also another cool play in the game where they're, you know, they're scrounging for materials whenever they need it. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool that, she, you know, how she found it in the room where it's like, all right, there's probably a bunch of useless stuff in here, but this is actually something that I do need. Yeah, I, I kind of got that idea from the game, too, like that that, that was them like kind of rummaging through stuff, trying to find, uh, you know, stuff that they needed to survive with. And, and so I thought that that was really you know, well done. Mm -hmm. So um, that being said, man, um, well, you know, we'll get into some kind of like what we think is coming up. But before we do that, uh, what are you going to score this one out of 10? Um, last night after immediately after watching, I said 10. Okay. Um, I think now I probably would say 9.5. Um, if not that it, you know, wasn't like I'm taking points off away deliberately, I'm like, was it necessarily a 10 or was it just the fact of how much it pulled? You know, like I said, I really enjoyed the DLC and the story in that DLC. So for them to portray it in this way and then not to mention Storm Reed, just such an amazing actress as well. Um, I don't know. I kind of am still on that on that fence of 9.5 or 10. I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure yet. So I'm going to just say 9.5 for now. You know, go with the safe answer. But uh yeah, I mean, it's as close to a 10 as it could be. Uh, this in episode three. Yeah, I, I thought so. Uh, this one didn't pull on me the same way that episode three did. So, you know, I'm going to go with a 9.5 also. Um, I don't think it was a perfect episode, but I think for like what they were trying to accomplish, they I, I think they hit every mark they were intending to hit. Um, you know, I, I do believe, though, that like, you know, and, and this is not really against the episode, but it's really more of the show. It's just like they definitely wanted to draw it out another week, right? Like I think that episode four and five, like, you know, those could have been one episode. This could have been an eight-episode show. And mm -hmm. then, and you know, we could have gotten this episode still. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there that are going to call it filler the same way that it happened with episode three uh, because they have similar formats. But right. it's it's definitely in no way filler. They They did such a tremendous job with this and, like, it tells the story of not only one of our main characters, but you know, the, her relationship to Joel and, and the world itself. And then the other thing is why I would, I would caution against calling it filler for anyone who does think that. Cause I can see why a lot of people don't really like flashback episodes in general, but this flashback episode where it differs from three is because it's actually Ellie's flashback. 
So Ellie is a main character that still exists in the world. So you're trying to now you're kind of seeing why she is the way that she is now versus with episode three, these characters aren't here anymore. So, I, you know, it's I mean, it still was amazing uh, in itself. But if somebody was to call a failure, I don't personally feel that way. But I mean, I guess I couldn't necessarily knock them for it. But this is a little bit harder to do because, like I said, Ellie is the you know, she's the co-star of the show. And you don't get to see that part of her uh, up until this point. You only see in current day. So, you know, it's kind of nice to, and then, cause uh, I mean, if you think about it, Joel, he got his at the beginning of, uh, of the episode one, where they showed how everything was before the world went to crap. And, right. you know, his daughter dying in his arms and stuff. So you get that with Joel. So as you get into current day, you already see what he's been through. You don't get to see that as much with Ellie. So it was necessary in my opinion. I agree. There's a lot about Ellie that's not really explained. Like, obviously, if you, uh, you know, without this episode, because, it, like, for you and I who have played the game, like, we know who she is and what she's about, but, like, the the show's got to be palpable for people who have never, you know, played the game at all. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're doing a great job of that, and I think that this episode is part of them continuing to do that. It, yeah. And, it, you know, it also, you know, kind of acted as a good little kind of stopgap between, like, obviously these last two episodes are probably going to be, like, balls to the wall. You know, it's going to, I think we're going to see a lot of action in uh, ne- next week and then probably a cliffhanger and then the finale is probably going to be insane. Mm. Well, so, I mean, if you want to go ahead and kind of get into predictions next episode, man. Well, before we do that, before we do that, let me give the spoiler warning. So if you have never played any of the games... Uh, at all, if you don't know what's going to happen, you're just watching the TV show, this is your time to check out. Uh, we will see you uh, later on. Uh, come back later on this week to check out that Mandalorian review. I've actually got a couple other things up my sleeve coming out this week. We're putting out a lot of content this week. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be covering episode eight. Uh, but if you're still here, then that means you are uh, all cool with game spoilers. What are we thinking about episode eight? <laughs> This is a very, very crucial part of the game. Uh, I don't know if you watched the preview for the next episode, but um, there's a there's a part in the game where I can't remember the guy's name, but she comes, Ellie, uh, while Joel is still down and, you know, kind of down and out for, for a bit, you know, uh, obviously I, I heard you mention this in the last, epi- uh, the last podcast episode, where they differed for how Joel actually got injured uh, in the game where he actually falls um, onto the uh, to the what, what pole or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so he's down for a while. So Ellie has to kind of go explore and, you know, trying to get things to help him out. And she winds up uh, amongst these group of people that are crazy here, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it gets really intense to, you know, I don't know how much they're going to play into this in the show, but based off everything we've seen, I think they might actually take it there. But in the game, it's it's kind of implied that uh, that these guys are cannibals, right? right. I think we'll um, see that in the show. I think they are going to play in the show, but then there's another. But the the scene that I'm most specifically referring to is when they're in the building and he's chasing Ellie around. You know, you're having in the game, you're having to like try to escape from him and stuff. And he actually like, gets a hold of Ellie and he's like pinned her down and stuff. When you're experiencing that in real time in the game, 
it's almost hard to tell if he's trying to kill her to eat her or if he's trying to assault her a different way. Right. And and that's kind of what I mean on if they're going to, how much of that are they going to lean into in the show? Because that's going to be intense to watch in, re- in live action if they go that route. Game of Thrones never shot away from it, so I don't know that they will here. No. Um, it, it, I mean, honestly, this show doesn't seem to shy away from really anything. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I do know that Troy Baker is actually playing one of the characters, which is awesome. So, uh, Absolutely. You know, because uh, he actually voices Joel in the games, mm-hmm. and then he's been a, like a ton of other video game characters over the years. Uh, so yeah, in live action, like him actually being a character in the show, I thought was cool. Oh, he's going to, he's going to freaking kill it, man. And this is the next episode. So I am, I'm on edge. I'm already on edge before the episode even comes out. It's going to be, this is going to be one of those ones, man. It's going to be some action in it, but it's going to, it's going to be kind of traumatic to experience in live action as it was in the game. In my opinion, I mean, it was definitely one of the more traumatic, uh, scenes and things you have to go through in the game, and again, you know, kind of getting into spoilers, where Ellie becomes a lot more hardened uh, by the time we get to game two. This is one of those defining moments that gets her there. Uh, so I'm I'm very curious to see how they're going to do it on screen. And Bella, I, I just have a feeling she's going to really take us there, and you know, have people sitting on. You know, I mean, we you got you, you know you have your friend from last week who hasn't played the games. So her watching it, you know, I have my older sister and my younger sister. They both watched the show and they've never played the game. So just seeing their reactions to this happening in real time, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be something else. I I have to say that, like, seeing the the people who have not played the games, like when they see how this plays out, it's not gonna be as bad as like the next season, which I don't think we're gonna get it for three years. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. I honestly don't think they're going to do another season. I can't see that. I, it, I, I'd say that there's a, a near 0% chance of it coming out next year. And then I would say the year after that, it's maybe 40%, 50%. My money is more on them to, like filming it in 2025 and it releasing in 2026. Like that's That's more my theory on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably revolves around either can they get House of the Dragon out two years in a row? Or is House of the Dragon going to be every other year forever? And can they put something else in that slot? So I think a lot of that just kind of depends on, like, the kind of politics at HBO and whether or not, like, Naughty Dog decides to do a third game. I would, all, I can only imagine that Sony is probably trying to push them to make a third one at this point. Especially now. I mean, I've already been seeing some of the advertisement going on for the current games. Like, oh, based off the hit show, uh, <laughs> the show is based off of the game, so it's funny how they're marketing that. But if you have a lot of people who's watching the show and they haven't played the games, they might be inclined to go back and play it. So it's not a bad marketing ploy. Um, right, and I they mean, just put it out on PC. I mean, uh, you know, and, and they got the remaster out right now and everything. So uh, exactly. it, it's smart marketing on their part. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I I think so. Now, I will say, um, you know, for anyone who is still listening that hasn't played the games and, you know, you're just brave, you you know, maybe you weren't intending on playing the game, so you don't mind listening to this part. I will say um, I don't want 
someone who hasn't played the game and is watching the show and now they want to play the game to see how it translates into the video game to play part two and then be turned off of the show. Uh, I, I really hope that that doesn't happen. It's, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who would go through that. It definitely would make me feel a way about it. So, I think that when they get into the second game, I think they make it maybe two episodes in, and then I think the viewership drops off by the millions. Yeah. When when Joel dies, uh, I I like what you said in uh, your last episode. You made a mention that before that part comes, that there might be like a season and two in between. I would they're love kind that. Free flowing. I would love that if they did something like that. I didn't think about it, but it makes sense because there has been a lot of time that passes between one and two. Ellie's a lot older and two. So they definitely have something to do there. Now it would be uncharted territory because this is content that wasn't in the game. So now they're kind of, you know, going like a Game of Thrones route where the, you know, the the book isn't written and you kind of just making up the story a little bit. Um, but I mean it's not so much the same because you do know what part two is. So there is a way you can kind of bridge the gap in between where unlike if two wasn't ever out, now you're trying to find a story. You're trying to make up a story as you go along. And they could do both, right? Like they could, they could do another season of the show and then if it, it does well. They could make a game in between one and two uh, if they wanted to. Like, cause I think for a lot of people two kind of ruins everything. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I'm one of those people that thinks that, like, I, uh, I'm i very prepared. Uh, like, if if I wasn't doing this show, right, like, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't even watch the second season. But mm-hmm. I am, so I'm going to hate watch it and be mad. And, and, I, <laughs> and you know, maybe they'll make some changes. Uh, they've, they've shown so far that they are willing to make changes to the adaptation. Um, we'll see if, like, all the backlash from the second game uh, from, you know, there, I know diehard fans of the the first game that absolutely just adore it and they're they're just like i want nothing whatsoever to do with the second game it's not good so maybe all that backlash will will cause them to like you know not even go down some of those routes in the show but something as big as like them not killing joel is kind of like you have to change the whole game then because like that is kind of the catalyst for the story of the second game right right and and it's gonna you know I am still one of those people who feel like even though I played through both games, I would be totally fine if they changed that part. I know that it won't, it, it might not go over well at first. You know, some people are going to be like, all right, why are y'all, uh, you know, deviating so far from what the game was? But I mean, you got Pedro Pascal, man. Who wants to, you know, who wants to see him go out like that, man? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, you know, uh, Neil Druckmann is is there, you know, and and from Naughty Dog and and kind of overseeing this. And you know, he said before like, oh, we're not going to do anything outside of the games. But I'm like, you already proved that you are willing to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, going forward and kind of like how much money HBO is going to throw at them <laughs> to maybe make some more maybe make another season or whatnot or, or whether another game is going to be developed. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where, where they go from here. I would think that HBO is looking at this as um, a surprise success because, well, I mean, 
you know, there 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 have been other like especially of more recent times, there have been other good video game adaptations um onto big screen, but I don't know, maybe I don't know if HBO quite thought it was gonna be as big as it is. I mean, this is one of their big biggest shows on HBO as a network, not even just uh for the standpoint of it being a video game show, but just in general. I mean that you know, you have them comparing up to numbers with like House of Dragons and stuff like that. So uh, they're like, all right, this this thing is a hit. You know, I don't want it to be two seasons. Like, look, can, is there any way we can pull something, you know, to make it? And I think some of these flashback episodes is kind of proven to me that that might be the route that they go as well. Because if you can do that a little bit more and then, like you said, not jump so far ahead going into the second season, but um, maybe like some in between uh, years in it. I mean, they could they could make this a you know a three or four season show. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot that they could do with it. We'll have to see where they go. Um, I think I think HBO, you know, like it's lightning in a bottle, right? You, you can't, you know, I, I don't think that they imagined that it was going to do like House of the Dragon numbers. Right. So for them, I mean, to look at that and say, oh, well, I mean, look, we got another cash cow on our hands. Because you, you got to look at it like from, from just an entertainment industry standpoint, right? Amazon went out and spent a billion dollars on Rings of Power. Mm. Because Jeff Bezos literally said, I want some of that Game of Thrones money. So, I mean, and, 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 if you're just now tuning into this show and you want to know why we are not we we did not cover Rings of Power, it's because it's really bad. <laughs> and I don't want to come on here and and just shit on something for an hour. Uh, we probably will cover the next season because they're gonna make fifty episodes whether no one watches it or not. Um, and um, I've just been you know we've been covering too many things that I like. so <laughs> we might I may just have to suffer through that, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you can tell like the the difference in the art, right? Like, it, like that show is a commercial product that's put out for no other reason, right? Nobody nobody went, oh, we have this amazing story we'd like to tell. They went, let's go make some money. Uh, somebody dig up, you know, some tol- Tolkien stuff that hasn't been made, and let's let's figure out something. Uh, whereas this, uh, obviously like, uh, the people who created these games, uh, care a lot, a lot about this. Uh, it, you know, it is making a lot of money, but it's a passion project for Neil Druckmann, for the people Absolutely. at Naughty Dog, uh, you know, so, uh, and HBO of course is very happy to have all these people subscribe to them and, uh, turn on their channel. So it, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how it goes, man. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, what they do with it and if they, uh, if they're going to just stick to their guns on the second game or what? Man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I really do hope that they go the route that you said, though, with uh, adding, you know, at least a season or two in between. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I want to definitely thank you for joining me again. I'm really glad I was able to get you back on before the end of the season. I uh, always love getting your insights on this stuff, and I know that this – in particular, something that you're super passionate about, man. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. Um, one real quick thing. Um, I am moving back to Georgia in May. So oh, uh, okay. I am. it's going to be soon that I'm going to have to come up and do an in-person win. All right. So, yeah, you're going to be sitting at the table with me behind me here uh, and uh, and get that, that studio experience. And I, by May, 
there's no telling what I'm gonna have done in here because uh, uh, we're we're gonna, do, we're gonna do some crazy stuff coming up. Uh, I've been constantly like improving on this and just kind of uh, expanding it. I got some new lighting, some new cameras, all that stuff coming in. So nice. uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited to have you down in person. Also, all right, sounds good, man. Well, that being said, uh, thanks everybody for listening in. This has been an Evolved Review.